you have to be so hard on them? Oh, come on, Diaz. They're a bunch of losers. Yeah, well, some of those losers are my friends. Yeah, that tracks. And they're your students. You wanted a full dojo. You got one. Not full like that. Yeah, I get it. All right, they're losers. Maybe I'm a loser, too. Are you kidding me? Are you going to cry now, too? No, it... Never mind. It's just... You don't know what it's like to be us. No, it's my fault. Since you joined Cobra Kai, I have been hard on you. I've called you names. I've humiliated you. Some of you I've hit. And for that, I don't apologize. Cobra Kai is about strength. If you're not strong on the inside, you can't be strong on the outside. And right now, you're all weak. And I know that, because I was you. Just like a cobra, I had to shed my loser skin to find my true power. And you guys will too. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei. Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei. Defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei. Class, are you ready to learn the way of the fist? Yes, Sensei! Hey, welcome back everyone. It's the most influential speaker from the House of M. Let's open up the icebox and see what we can find. I now have a new voice that I want to excel upon my icebox listeners. And I'm tired of it already, so I'm going to go back to my normal voice. Hey, how's everyone doing? I am doing fan flippantastic. I'm going to be honest with you. Why would I be anything else? I am so happy. So happy with my network right now. I have got, finally, the four episodes uh, posted for my Beating for All Beadtacular episodes. Um, and those are Halloween-centered episodes on Perler Beads that took me so long because normally I would show you a Perler Bead creation uh, for you, brand new, and then I would uh, draw upon the inventory I have already to show you what else you can do. But this one was so, it was, it was just a lot of work because I created five designs for four episodes. So that's 20 unique designs that you can also do and you are going to love them. You must find uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, it's Icebox Cast. Please subscribe. Uh, the Betacular episodes, the Halloween specials are my first time ever. It has to be because it's the first Halloween that I've gone through with the Beating for All. But, um, it's their Halloween episodes. I even had to tweak uh, the intro a little bit too. And when I say tweak, a tweak is over just shy of three hours to tweak a 24 second um, video, mind you, uh, with Charlie Huckle's help, of course. Um, I had to oversee all the decisions and he made it happen. So thank you very much, uh, Mr. Charlie Huckle. Again, 
Um, I really appreciate all the hard work and time you put into the into the network because without it, it wouldn't be what it is today. So thank you so much. We're still finding our path and uh, we're growing, but I am so excited. Again, uh, Beauty for All has Halloween specials, four of them. Jimmy, the main character from uh, uh, the Beating for All intro, the little uh, Ash Ketchum person, essentially, wearing the sombrero. Uh, he has a little bit of a adventure, and it's, it's not his normal course. So you can see what happens to him. Or, honestly, after you watch it, what the heck does happen to him? We don't even know um, here at Inspired Creations HOM. So take a look, see what happens to Jimmy. See, Give us your explanation to see what you can tell happened to him, and hopefully he's okay. Um, but again, past that, uh, great designs coming at you. Everything from like uh, Frankenstein's monster to the Predator to Medusa um, to Michael Myers. Uh, it's it's just a fun time. Please go check that out. Um, yeah, really excited, and I'm back with the podcast too, and just a lot. Of, oh, I love the network. Um, thank you very much for those who have been uh, following me, have been listening or watching my my content. Uh, sharing my tweets, sharing my links that I put on these on my social media, liking the links, it really does count. And I know, I know who you are. And I really, really want to say thank you to my loyal uh, supporters um, once again. And it does mean the world to me. Uh, before we get into our fun conversation uh, with uh, the wild card, he's back again for some more Cobra Kai um, discussion. I gotta get, I gotta talk to you about uh, pumpkins because we just had, we just went out for uh, some pumpkin patch pickings. I don't know if that's a real thing, um, but went to go select our pumpkins. We went to a, a place out in um, what's it called? I was gonna say Guantanamo Bay. But that's not where we went. Good God. We went to Maguanago. Yeah, that's better. Not Guantanamo Bay. We went to Maguanago. And they have a place, I think it's called Schuitz Farm. And uh, we uh, had fun there. It was a nice day. Not too cold out. We, you know, 40s or whatever. Um, I it was, it's My Negan jacket is back. Um, I get to wear my Negan jacket pretty much going forward unless we have an incredible warm day or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's Negan jacket wearing weather. Um, weather wearing, it's Negan jacket wearing weather days are upon us again. <laughs> um, and I love it. I love my Negan coat anyway. Um, but I had that on, we were all dressed warm. We, we wore masks. We brought masks, uh, just to see what's, um, going on out there too. But, uh, we got to see some old friends, uh, that were there too. That happened, just happened to be leaving while we were coming in or maybe they timed it right. I don't know. <laughs> no, but it was great to see them. Um, Really, you know, makes me think of the people who I missed uh, and enjoy their company. And there's a few of them out there. And there were some of them for sure. Um, got to spend some time talking with them, um, swapping stories, making each other laugh, making each other smile, which is my mission statement here. Um, so it was really great to see them um, again. It was uh, it was the Tetros. Uh, so Paul, and he's been on the he's been you've I've read his emails before. Uh, we've heard him before. You know who that guy is. Um, but it's great to see you and the crew again. Uh, and hopefully we can get past all this crazy stuff and, and see each other again. But until then, hey, we were there to get pumpkins, uh, and um, we wanted to have some fun. Uh, we uh, went around, we got a wagon, and we went to their lower level, I guess, 
And it pretty much has like lines of pumpkins already picked from the pumpkin patch. Um, we didn't want to go out to the actual pumpkin patch because, ooh, dirty, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, we rolled the wagon down there and, and we made our selections fairly quickly. And it could have been because, hey, those pumpkins called out to us or it could have been uh, the kids just wanted to get a pumpkin and get the heck out of there. I don't know. You be the judge. You be the judge. But uh, we got to find our pumpkins and um, we went for some, I don't know, I think the theme this year was the longer and unique handles on the pumpkins. Uh, as opposed to the actual pumpkin shape itself. It was, I don't know, it was just seemed that way because I know the queen picked this one that had a honker of a stem. Um, the bandit, my daughter, picked one out that uh, the stem broke, so we had to fix that when we got home, and I fixed it. Okay, relax. I fixed it. The only way I knew how. With two pith, toothpicks, but I fixed it. And um, the uh, Diggs and myself, we had, so we had picked out pumpkins uh, too, and they had, you know, longer uh, stems on it too. So pretty cool. Um, for whatever, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Usually I pick the pumpkin that has a good flat face or has shape to it and uh, you could get a good carving out of there. I wasn't going for that this year. I just wanted the, the, the handle to be, I wanted to be able to hold the handle uh, or whatever. But, um, and they were decent sized pumpkins, nothing enormous. I, cause I always told my kids, I was like, you know, just the bigger pumpkin you get, just realize that the harder it is to clean that thing out. Because it is. You got to scrape all the sides. You got to get your hands in that guck, in that filth, the guts of a pumpkin. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they are to, to clean them. So they just pick up a decent shape. And we picked out decent sizes. Um, and uh, we're hopefully carving those up sooner rather than later, before Halloween, obviously. But um, we'll have fun doing that. I can't wait to see what my pumpkins... Uh, will look like uh, I can't gotta pick up my face and have there too might just grow traditional I, it's hard to get so I, for me it is it's hard to get creative with a, a jack-o'-lantern carving with I don't know how they get them so intricate so ornate sometimes it's crazy it's an art in and of itself it really is that come out right it's an art in and of itself it's really unique the way they do <laughs> the way they do those complex designs but we had fun at least I did we took their pictures with you know in front of the the uh, measuring stick that we've taken there ever since we started going to Schuett's farm. Um, and it's inaccurate, but Hey, it's not the point. Point is to create a memory. And, uh, the kids are getting bigger. They're getting taller. Oh, it was such a fun time. Picked our pumpkins, put them in the wagon, picked out some white pumpkins, saw the little mini pumpkins that I always, whenever I see them, I imagine throwing them like the green goblin would. And I wish they would, I wish I could have exploding jack-o'-lanterns actually. Um, or exploding pumpkins because there's a there's another another Marvel character called Jack O' Lantern, um, but the Green Goblin uses just pumpkins, none not carved, but they're bombs, and he loves throwing them at at people or buildings to make them explode. So yeah, whenever I see the small pumpkins, I wish I could buy a lot of them and just go Green Goblin crazy and just throw them. But I wanted to make sure they blow up because it wouldn't be fun just to throw a hard pumpkin at someone because it would hurt. I'd rather. <laughs> I'd rather have it explode. So I want to... Anyway, that's just my vision. Anyone else the same? Am I the only one? I cannot be the only one who every time they see mini pumpkins imagines they're the Green Goblin and wants to throw them. I cannot be the only one. But we saw them, and I passed by them. Uh, we saw gourds and the uh, the pumpkins that I... There's no reason to fear them, but I do. I fear the pumpkins that are just encompassed with warts, uh, the bumps on them, I, I don't know what it, I could easily, I know for a fact I can touch them and I would still be okay, but I do not touch them because I also know that I can get warts from them. 
No, that's not true, but they still make me feel uncomfortable. I do not like touching pumpkins with warts on them. So if you want to protect yourself from the crazy jerk that I am, get yourself a wall of pumpkins with warts, and I will not touch you. I won't even go near you. That or dummies from Velotrinquists. Velotrinquists? Velo, what do you call those people who talk with dummies? Veloquists? Velintroquists. Velo, velo, hey, hey, uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a velintroquist. Veloquist. I'm a, I don't know what the heck they're called, but they're the people that hold dummies. And I do not like those things at all. I also don't like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. Those things legit scare me and make me feel very, very uncomfortable. Now, back to what makes me feel happy. <laughs> um, so we concluded our trip, and when we saw our friends uh, when they when we got there, they had uh, their kids going back to their mom for these donuts. And they're like little little small donut, I guess, you know, covered with sugar, of course. And um, it made us think, hey, I wonder if they got the donuts here where we were checking out for the pumpkins. And of course they did. $5 for a dozen or something like that. So I got a bag because I knew Chloe would have liked the the pumpkins, the pumpkins, the donuts. And I got one for my wife too. And of course it turns out that Chloe didn't want them after the fact, but that's okay. Maybe she didn't like that, but I thought she liked donuts. Maybe these are the wrong kinds of donuts. Um, But we enjoyed them. Uh, So a nice little day uh, getting some pumpkins at the Shewitt Farm. Uh, Can't wait to do it again next year. Assuming we're all still here next year. Uh, and we'll go back to Schuett's Farm, pick out some pumpkins, and get some more donuts. Because donuts are awesome. One other thing that I just want to get off my chest, I want to get this on out in the open, is uh, if you ever come to my place of establishment and expect a fire in our fire pit, don't go uh, expecting much is what I'm going to tell you right now. Because for the life of me, I could not get a goddamn fire started. And it was it actually bothered me that I, I, all I, I people create fires all the time. I have uh, split logs. I have them. I have Tinder. Not the app. But Tinder, what it really is. You know, stuff that causes fire. Helps ignite it. And I actually have fire. It's not like I'm scraping two stones to start this thing. No, I have a butane lighter. But the last few fires I've done stunk. And I don't know why. I do the triangle shape. You know, I let them breathe, as Robert De Niro would say, in that fire movie. What's it called? What's that fire movie called? Five five alarms down in the bellows. I don't know what it's called. Here, let's go to <laughs> let's go to our friend. Hey Siri, what's what's the name of the fire movie with Robert De Niro? Which one? Here are some options movies with Robert De Niro that might be relevant. Line of Fire. Backdraft. There you go, Siri. Joker. There you go. What Joker? What are you talking about? Shut Back. Shut up, Siri. Um, <laughs> Backdraft. Remember that movie? That we you know we De Niro is like yeah, breathing fire is a breathing thing it's a living thing you got to let it breathe it's its own creature um, I gave that to my fire pit and it's, nothing would catch the only things that would light on fire are were the things that I used to start the fire 
Um, and not even the source. My butane lighter, I gotta, you know, okay, my butane lighter is really stuck. Now, granted, now, granted, I'll give you this. Usually the butane lighters I buy are from the dollar store. But the concept still works. It has a flammable liquid. Something, I don't even know, it's magic. But something in happens inside the thing where all I have to do is pull a trigger. And it creates a flame. Well, these butane lighters didn't even do that. And it was, okay, I know what you're saying. Well, it's probably windy. Or maybe you're just a dumb jerk. Well, yeah, I, apparently I am. Because even with a fire starter, a fire source, and logs, I couldn't start a fire to save my life. I eventually got paper on fire. But of course, once the paper died down, everything was gone. I did get the pizza boxes on fire, but again, once they were consumed by the fire, nothing, nothing, nothing kept. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it was, it was irritating. It was irritating. So now here's my, here's my lessons learned. There, there's not many of them. Uh, <laughs> I want to get a lighter that when I pull the trigger on it, it maintains a flame, right? We're living in 20 goddamn 20. Can I not get a lighter that holds a flame? That's what I want. I want a lighter, flip the switch, and it creates a flame, much like that from Kanicki from Greece. Remember that thing when he lights his cigarette and just a, a big old flame comes out? That's the kind of lighter I want. Uh, get me that lighter. <laughs> Um, and the other thing is, I, I don't, I, I want to be able to start a fire because it's getting that, it's that time, it's that time of year. It's that time of year where you should be outside and creating a fire and then, and creating the, I always see pictures of people in their fire pits and they go, oh, look at us. We've got fire and they're beautiful. They're beautiful. How do you do it? I, I the, the concept is simple, Right. But I cannot execute on it. Cannot execute on it. I did yeah uh, the other day use a tactic that my cousin showed me. Fanning it, giving it air. I did that. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? I breathed in a lot of ash. But that's okay. That's not the point. It worked. And I knew it would. I was giving the thing air. I was resuscitating it. And I did resuscitate it long enough for some kind of a flame to hold in the middle of my contraption. And to provide some sort of warmth, but you had to be pretty close to the fire pit. But other people's fires I see are just ignited all around. I was really tempted to pour gasoline upon the whole thing, but I didn't. I uh, didn't really want to get to that <laughs> get to that level. So, um, and uh, you know, so let me know where your fire pit tricks are. Email me at iceboxcast at gmail.com and I'll read them here. And maybe I'll get a few pointers and hopefully have a successful fire pit the next time I go out there. Okay, well, that brings us to the best part of the show. You're done listening to me. Uh, you probably, you know, for future reference, you could just fast forward my part if you don't like listening to me. Um, and we are in our conversation with the wild card himself. And we are talking about Cobra Kai, episode six of season one called Quiver. This episode, 
A lot of setup happens in there. Some cool parts, but a lot of setup with promised payoffs. Let's get into it. Let's hear the wild card. And I discuss Cobra Kai Season 1, Episode 6, Quiver. All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, today we are discussing season one, episode six, called "Quiver" of the fantastic show called Cobra Kai, and we're watching it on Netflix. Uh, if you have not jumped on board this show yet, I really have no clue what you're waiting for, uh, because after hearing our dialogues about these episodes, if that is not enough to entice you to watch this show, I don't know what sparks your bubble. I don't even know if that's a saying, but that's what I—that's that's how I feel about this. Um, you have to start watching Cobra Kai. Um, the show is so deep; it's so fun. You could watch it just for surface value alone, but then you can analyze it like the genius members that we are in the Wild Card and myself. And it takes the show that much further, and you equate it to things happening in your life, things happening in past movies. It's just a ball. Wild Card, welcome back. What do you got to say? <laughs> what a what a intro there um but no it's uh it's gonna be uh you know another fun episode here uh to, to, this, to me it's another uh like setup episode um a lot going on uh a lot happens in this episode but uh it's a lot of it's a lot of fun stuff too, so um, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, so I I, I think I agree 100. percent It's a lot of setup, um, and I'm really really hoping be, uh, that the payoff is great because they're setting it up. They're setting a lot of things up, and we're it's like a highly a highly anticipated payoff. And again, we've watched the show, so we know that we can safely tell people who haven't watched it. Um, that the payoff is going to be there and it's going to be awesome. Um, but I, I saw, oh yeah. Um, Cobra Kai, the Cobra Kai dojo showing, uh, development. Um, we get to see, uh, Daniel wanting to share his enthusiasm of his karate, uh, Robbie, uh, thankfully, um, cause I think that Rob, I think Robbie's pretty cool too, as a character. Um, but we haven't really seen too much of what he can be other than what he is and what he has gone through. But just just brief scenes we've seen in him. But Robbie becomes a bigger part of the Cobra Kai show equation in this episode. Um, we we get to see Sam and Miguel officially uh, quote-unquote meet. Um, and uh, Lawrence, of course, the, the a great draw to the show, obviously, uh, continues to grow as a character. And we get to learn a little bit about him as a, as a little young teenager, too. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mr. LaRusso. What, you think you can rely on that crane crap? Um, I'm going to talk about probably, oh, this is, it's hard. This is a hard, but I'm going to say he's one of, he's top three for sure. Maybe top two, uh, favorite characters of the show. I'm going to talk about the, uh, Eli Hawk transformation. (laughs) All right. All right. Go ahead. Um, so this character is, is 
probably one of the most popular characters for the younger generation, for sure. Um, they like, and why not? It's everybody loves Hawk. Yeah. Um, but this episode, we see the birth uh, of of Hawk, and um, you know, in the beginning of the episode, they show uh, they show Johnny, uh, and uh, what a just the way he calls out some of these kids oh, so God, damn yeah. funny, Jim. Yeah. Uh, I I remember I was the very first time I was I was watching this episode. Um, I was drinking a uh, uh, um. I can't even. Uh, oh, Lemonade? Coors Banquet. Shit. Lemonade? I was a Coors Banquet. Oh. No, no. <laughs> uh, I was drinking a, a Coors Banquet, and, and um, which is Johnny's beer. Yep. And uh, I, when he was going through the uh, his little insults here, and the one in particular was when he's like, "I see a funny, I see a fat kid in a funny hat with his tits popping out." <laughs> um, I spit, I spit up, I spit all over the place because. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Um, I just love all the insults he throws <laughs> at these kids. Uh, he, the other kid, he's like, "Damn, I feel like a virgin just looking at you." Yeah. Uh, oh my god, so so funny, so funny. But uh, but he gets to, he gets to Eli, um, and you know, obviously Johnny. The first thing he's gonna say, "What the hell is going on with your lip?" And. Yep. Uh, so and that was what that was his nickname. We call him Lip, and <clears throat> then uh, you know uh, Eli always obviously not going to really say anything. And his buddy, uh, what's his buddy's name? Dimitri. Dimitri. Dimitri sticks up for him. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you shouldn't really pick on him. It's not good to do so. And uh, and it's you know he gets he gets pretty hardcore like, um. He's like, we're paying this guy. He does what we say. And I'm like, oh, that's so fitting of, of you know, what, how the, you know, today's outlook on some things are. Yes. Um, yes. But, you know, John, he just like, all right, hold on. He's got, he's got to end this noise real quick. And, <laughs> uh, and he tells, uh, he tells the kid to hit him a few times and you know, it's really, really fainty. And then he gets a little bit more good or a little harder. And then finally, you know, Eli, uh, uh, Dimitri, well, he winds up, but Johnny, you know, he's, he's got this, uh, he's got, you know, he's got well, well scouted out, flips the kid on his back and, you know, and, uh, kind of sets an example of like, look, don't be mouthing off here. I'll, he's like, Hey, I can't hit you, but I'll put you on your ass. Right. And, uh, uh, so that was that, but, um, you know the whole, and then the rest of the episode, and it wasn't toward the end of the episode is when uh, they're taking roll call again, and uh, Miguel says, "I think of like, you know, we got more absences." Yeah, and Miss uh, Robinson was funny, and she's like, "Oh, what a bunch of pussies!" Yeah. <laughs> and uh, shows quickly how she's transformed yeah, as uh-huh. a character. She's fully embraced the Cobra Kai. That's exactly uh, what that little thinking. moment was. Because, yeah, it, it shows immediately that she's on par with Cobra Kai. <laughs> she's there. Right. And that's cool. That's very yeah. cool. I mean, she bought into that. And it's her and Miguel. Those are the, uh, those are the founding fathers, I guess yep. you want to call. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, the, so the door opens up and you see uh, an in walks as it comes to be revealed, uh, Eli. And <laughs> and he sports his new look, 
and it's pretty cool music the way you know when they when they bring him into they have good music playing oh yeah um but yeah he's got his he's got his awesome uh mohawk and you know he's johnny asked him like what'd you you know how'd you do or what'd you do you know whatever he's like and he flipped the script which is what johnny told him initially and what a what an awesome you know uh when i first saw that for the very first time i remember like you know what good for you kid yeah i'm like because that's something uh somebody with confidence you know they really they don't give a shit what kind of defect they have they'll make that the center of attention right you know and and make it highlight them more than anything instead of you know trying to hide it these people let that x you know be an accent of their character and i thought that was really cool and uh but yeah born and and then you know johnny's like gives him the nickname hawk and (laughs) it's so badass it's so badass it's such a badass moment and uh johnny goes around and he talks so and he asks all three of his new students like the uh the the cobra kai uh like questions i guess you want to call call them and uh and I think uh, was was uh, Miguel ends it too. Is like uh, whatever he says, but very cool moment. Uh, the birth of Hawk, or uh, well, the transformation from Eli to Hawk uh, as a character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just, I and I don't want to say anything about it right now, but there's something more that happens whenever uh, Hawk is what he's now called enters the scene. Um, but I don't want to get into it because it's kind of a spoiler, and we'll we'll mention it. But I was actually I thought it happened on this episode, but apparently it doesn't. Um, it's just a sound effect, we'll say. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? <laughs> so I thought it was like already that they played it, but it's a little. I mean, if you think about it, it's a little goofy, but it totally works with this show, so it it works fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like one of their. It's, like, it's one of like the most over the top things they've done. Yeah, but it's it fits. Like I said, it's fits perfectly whoever thought of that you know pat on the back <laughs> holy cow that's awesome but yeah a lot a lot of a lot of great moments uh, eli um you know he, he took his lumps and and uh it kind of goes into my quiver my or uh my uh crane technique moment too but one thing i wanted to say before i get into that was uh it reminded what you say you know like he flipped the script which is what this that that scene was uh and after johnny told him to um says you know you, you're people aren't going to be nice to you. You know, people are going to say the obvious people are hurtful. Mm-hmm. People are rotten. <laughs> um, you can't expect them to play by a, a certain rule book. We'll say, um, so he says, you got to flip the script, you flip the script. Uh, you take that and you make it your strength or whatever. And it reminded me something that, uh, Tyr- another show, Tyrion Lannister from game of Thrones and pardon the language here, but I'm doing a quote. So I kind of have to say it. Um, but it's something that he says, which I think embodies it um, just as well as uh, flipping the script in this scene. Uh, but Tyrion Lannister talking to Jon Snow, giving him advice, and he says, Let me give you some advice, bastard. Never forget what you are. The rest of the world will not wear it like armor, and it can never be used to hurt you. <laughs> so that's mm. exactly what uh, Eli did. And when he came back in, like I said, the music was playing. Um, but he was just oozing confidence, and we're mm-hmm. looking at a brand new Eli and Hawk now. So very, very cool moment. Um, uh, well done, dude. <laughs> that's a, that a great, great yeah. call out. If uh, maybe I'm looking too far into it, but maybe not. Um, but this is, is co- this is a classic '80s thing to do, uh, uh, as far as movie-wise or character-wise. Um, 
there's a lot of things, a lot of movies came out in the 80s where it was the ugly duckling transformed into a, you know, beauty queen yeah. or a cool kid. There, there's a lot of movies like that uh, that, take, that took place in the 80s. And, you know, some of them are, you can buy more than the others. But what I love about Cobra Kai is we see Eli from the start of the show as this timid kid. Right, with the, you know, with the, and you know, I always tell uh, one of the things I always say is like, if I see somebody, I'm like, well, you can t- clearly tell that that kid's that kid still lets his mom comb his hair. Right, I mean, he's got yep, that yep. kind of hairstyle, right? <laughs> and uh, and that's it does. It looks like his mom combs his hair. She probably picked out, and she probably did. You know, from what we from what we've seen so far. Right, and uh, it's we've seen him this way, then the way he looks. And as Hawk now, it's still the exact same care kid, <laughs> but they did a hell of a transformation because he looked like a little, you know, super nerd, just real timid. And now, you know, I mean, his shoulders are, are squared up yeah. now and, and it's the same kid. And I'm like, <laughs> and they, I, they're kind of like, wow, they did an awesome job. I'm like, this is the same kid. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Even so Miguel did a, did a double really take good on job. <laughs> Yeah. Right. It's it did a really good job. They did a really good job for that. Um all right, so move going into my quiver moment cuz I'm going to touch on some of that uh, as well here. But I so I of course I had to analyze why they called it quiver. Um immediately. Mm-hmm. And um uh, I found what I uh settled upon as as to why they called it quiver for various reasons, but um they have it as right in the beginning of the show. Uh, they show quiver, and then as a verb, it means to tremble or shake with a slight rapid motion. I don't know these. I'm, I wrote these down. This is from the show, so <laughs> this is not for, uh, coming from my, my from memory or anything. But and then they go quiver as a noun, which is uh, very similar, but it's a slight trembling movement or sound, uh, saying especially caused by fear. And then the last one, which is the obvious, uh, quiver, noun, and they have the word obsolete, um, but it's a group of cobras. So... I'm like trying to figure out, okay, where is quiver as a verb? Where is quiver as a noun? And then where's where's quiver as a noun, meaning the group of cobras? And again, the third one's pretty obvious that we've already discussed. But quiver as a verb, um, I went into and I, I settled upon Johnny uh, in the right again in the intro. Uh, you, they go to him and you, you you get it from his point of view and then you see his face kind of going back and forth a little bit quickly um, to kind of mi- imitate that tremble kind of a feeling. But he sees his dojo full of students, and the students are all excited because they're all playing like the video of Miguel kicking Kyler's butt, um, and you, you just start to see. I don't want to maybe see some doubt in, in Johnny because the questions that come to me um, that I'm thinking that he has is like, can he deliver now? Right? He got what he wanted. He wanted a dojo, and he did it. He wanted students. He got one. Then he got two. And then out of nowhere, just a room full. His dojo is full now. So it's quite an extreme. So you can, he could probably be pretty nervous about this. But he's wondering if he can deliver on this. Can he even do this? Um, then we see the quick, um, you know, the eye motions and Lawrence looking at everyone. Uh, you see his mouth kind of tremble or should we say quiver <laughs> a little bit too. And then he flips the switch and he gets into the dojo and does what he does best. And that's just essentially put out the facade of a tough guy. And we'll get into that a little bit later too. And then you got quiver as a noun. 
Um, and I related that to what we were just talking about with Johnny and Eli. Uh, so Johnny's belittling Eli, and we see the movement again, um, uh, well well portrayed by uh, by Eli, um, as a reaction to how Lawrence um, is belittling him, and not intentionally. It's just Johnny. For us, it's we know it's just Johnny being Johnny. Um, I really don't mm-hmm. think Johnny's really trying to teach Eli a lesson here, other than flipping the script, which is what he tells him uh, at the very end. Um, but he 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 says all the things, the obvious things that Eli's probably heard his entire life. Now he just gets to hear it from someone he sought help from amongst his peers. So uh, you know, and then of course we see we see Eli leave, um, only to come back later. Um, and then obviously the the last one of Quiver is as a noun as a as a group of cobras. Well, at the third class um, or the third class of the show, because they show three classes, like you hinted at. Um, the first one, everyone's there. The next one, more dropout. Third one, the more drops out. But Johnny admits that it was his fault, despite what Aisha said, um, which I think speaks volumes for Johnny as well. But he didn't apologize for what he did. But he knew he could have taken it a different way. I think what he was realizing was his fault was not um, uh, realizing the type of class he had. And that actually goes into my next tech, my drum technique moment too. But, um, so Johnny kind of says, you got to be strong on the inside to be strong on the outside. And then that's the cue, cue up Eli. Um, the music hits, Eli comes in, Johnny, uh, bestows the name of Hawk upon him, which is a very powerful thing. If you ever think about it, if you're, if you have the ability to name someone, that's pretty much putting, power you know um or reminding uh, someone of rank of of an individual or a group of people so here was johnny belittling eli before and now he bestows upon him an awesome name hawk that um eli just totally grabs and accepts oozing the confidence like we were talking about before and, and falls in line um after johnny invites him to fall in uh and it ends with the cool part of uh going through the cobra kai uh, mantra will say, you know, fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? And Eli responds, no, sensei. <laughs> Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? Aisha says, it does not. You know, no, sensei. And then the last thing, um, uh, he goes, defeat does not exist in this dojo. And of course he says that to the founding father of Miguel. And then he turns around and says, are you ready to learn the way of the fist? And everyone says, yes, sensei. And you see the wonderful smile on Johnny Lawrence. Because after a whole episode of perhaps being nervous, uh, doubt, fear, can he do this? This is, I wanted a class. This is what I get. He realizes, yes, he's got the class. Maybe not that that he wanted, but the one he deserved to kind of show and allow Johnny to grow even more as a character and as an individual. Uh, rehabilitate in some lessons too. Uh, but that was my crane technique, uh, trying to analyze how, why they called the show Quiver other than the obvious, which is at the end, Johnny Lawrence finally has his group of Cobras. Um, anything to add or anything you want to say? No, that's brilliant, Jim. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> the way, yeah, the way you, you broke that down, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, obviously, I got this thing on pause right now, and it's right staring me right in the fucking face. And... <laughs> The way you brought, I'm like, yeah, that makes that's a great. I see that's what they did in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very in depth. Nice job. <laughs> All right, thank you. Oh, that was a little close. Drum technique, understand? 
Oh, yeah. Drum technique. Yeah, let me try. Is Miguel um, helping Johnny remember the quality and the character trait of empathy? And for those that don't don't know what that is, empathy means uh, it's like an understanding or your ability to share the feelings of another. So after Johnny gets his dojo full of students, uh, his quiver of cobras and all that, um, he you know he's still doing his we'll say a shotgun approach, and it's calling the people out. And <laughs> again, it was done in a fun way to us as the viewer, thankfully. But again, if we if we show empathy for the characters, they're probably not enjoying, you know, how they're being called out mm -hmm. for their shortcomings, mm -hmm. we'll say. Um, I mean, the other the other example was Dimitri. He walks by him and he says, nice shirt. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and Dimitri mm -hmm. thinking, all right, this is going to start good, even though this is pretty much paying for an extra gym class for no reason, as he stated earlier. Oh, God. <laughs> the heavy diet. The <laughs> that made me think, oh, that's just so. Why do kids not like doing anything physical nowadays? I don't know. It's not all of them. It's not all of them. But, but yeah. I don't... <laughs> um, and uh, that was funny. <laughs> the T-shirt he's wearing is a is a pie T-shirt. You know the symbol pie, and <laughs> and, and right, right right after Dimitri, you know, thinks this is going well. He says, "Oh, thanks." And Johnny quickly says, "I'm just kidding. It sucks." <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um. Just like, you know, a great moment. So after doing all of that, after doing all of that, um, Miguel pretty much calls his sensei out, which is a great dynamic that those two have as well. They can do that with each other. They're 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 up front with each other, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And Miguel ends the session and says, hey, you got what you wanted. We got you got a ton of students. And that's when Lauren says, Not, I didn't want these kind of students. Um, and then Miguel, like, leaves him, like, doesn't say a final thought, just kind of leaves him after he says this. You don't know what, it'll, what it's like to be us. And doesn't allow Johnny to retort with anything. He just leaves the scene, and you see Johnny thinking about it because we're reminded of the opening sequence, um, which we thought everything was fine. He was coming from Encino Hills, right? A mansion, it looks like, riding his bike, playing his tunes, seeing Cobra Kai for the first time. Um, and he was just all smiles. Oh, I, this is cool. Everything was great. But um, later on, we see another flashback after Johnny comes home to his 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 new quote unquote mansion, right? His little apartment um, in the valley, I guess, right? And mm. uh, you see another flashback, and it's him uh, setting up the dinner table, I guess, with his mom. And his mom is all nice, um, asking about how his day was, and that's when we he says, "I want to take karate," and he's all excited. And his mom's like, "Okay, awesome." Uh, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see what we can do. But then his dad comes in and I guess it's his dad, dude. I can't remember now. Is it his dad or is it like a stepdad? Stepdad. It is a stepdad. Okay. Do they say that or we just assume that? I don't know. I mean, that. that's the guy, that's the guy who left him the check. Okay. So, okay. I just didn't, I didn't equate that to like for sure to be, okay. So that makes, that makes more sense too. But then mm. you see the relationship that he has with him and why it's soured at the end too. And he, you're his stepdad now. Uh, just wanted to call it quits, but his dad essentially he he calls him a social reject. Um, he says, "Why should I pay for karate when he's quit and everything else? Uh, what happened to the drum set? Uh, you get, uh, what happened to the magic set? What happened to the roller skates? Is you're not going to be the next, or you want to be the next Bruce Lee in a very sarcastic and demeaning way?" Um, he says, "Okay, fine." After his mom, you know, says, "Oh, you know, come on, don't quit being so harsh on him." Essentially, is what she's trying to do, and convey. 
Um, and the dad just cut the stepdad just kind of, you know, it's okay, fine. I'll, I'll make the, I'll make the checkout. He'll get what he wants. I'll make the checkout to garbage. Cause that's what he is. And I'm just like, Whoa. And Johnny of course hides behind, um, his headphones, which is what, uh, he did in the very beginning of the episode, which showed out his, his, his happiness. So he goes to his, <laughs> his happy place, um, by putting those on, but it's Miguel, you know, he brought him there. He, he taught him empathy because at that moment you go back to current to the current time. And Johnny's like, says, yeah, he kind of says yes to himself and realizes that, yeah, I'm, I am one of them or he was one of them. Um, and it makes him realize that he's got to take a different approach. Um, and he's got to equate and come down to their level. And he knows the challenge, which is why he was nervous in the beginning of wondering if he can do this is it is, can he do to them what he was able to do for himself? And he's, you can't, you know, in life, you can't really walk people every day, every step of the way to find their, their end journey, but you can lay the foundation and that's what Johnny's there to do. And you see him take the first step at that dojo where he gets his, his, his Cobras together in a line and they're all excited to learn it. Um, but that was my drum technique was Miguel helping Johnny remember empathy, uh, again, showing great, great character development, um, again with Mr. Johnny Lawrence. Um, yeah, I mean, we see uh, Miguel, that's why Miguel is just such an awesome kid. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got great values. He's got great morals and, you know, just, and if he can turn, if he could help see uh, Johnny who is hardcore, I mean, granted he's, this is like the perfect storm because he wants to change. Um, and is taking this, this wonderful young kid, right. um, as a student now, you know, like not only is is Johnny teaching him as a sensei, but we see that the student can also help the sensei out, you know, in some aspects. And Johnny's receptive to that. And but it takes a Miguel type level of kid right. for him to see this. <laughs> I mean, Miguel's not your average kid. So wow. again, this is this is just to me. This was like another episode of reminding us. And go figure. It's episode six, so it's like. We're we're halfway through, so this is like the first episode of the second half. Yeah, and it's you know it's reminding the audience this show it has a lot to deal with. Miguel and Johnny as the central characters. Yep, yep. And you said that it takes like a level of Miguel to kind of reach reach Johnny, and um, it's because the last five episodes show. Uh, showed us all as viewers what it took to reach that level. <laughs> um, and it wasn't yeah. easy. It was a lot of work and a lot of pain. Um, but again, um, it's starting to show some rewards now. Um, and they're going to, they're, they're uh, that great dynamic between, between those two. Um, but all right, go ahead and uh, tell us what your drum technique was, wild card. Uh, so these are, uh, I, I, this, uh, I think of anything, this episode really shows us a lot to do with Robbie. Um, yeah. And what I'll talk about right now is just uh, when Robbie has a job and uh, just workplace. And it gives the audience to uh, uh, a work environment um, because it's this it's, it's this would seem like a fun place to work, <laughs> honestly, because of, I mean, everyone's so friendly. Yeah, you know, yeah, they obviously take it very serious. They they have a great reputation, um, but the I would say the Daniels 
henchmen or uh, not henchmen sounds bad. <laughs> his cousin, but his. I call him in yeah, well, or whatever. Yeah, sorry, you're breaking up. Oh, sorry. I call him his workers, but I know one of them is his cousin for sure. Oh, his workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what's his? What's his? What I always forget is Dominic. That's right. Yeah, Dominic and Anoush, and those are uh, Daniel's trusted employees. And I just like that they, you know, they give Robbie, they give Robbie a hard time. They see this kid, <laughs> uh, oh, Daniel asks uh, Anoush, I'm like, hey, how's the new kid working out? And yeah, and he's like, oh, he, he he's knocked out most of this stuff before before lunch that we've been had piled up for like weeks. Right. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, like, I'm like, and then Daniel's like, oh, maybe I should give him your job. He's like, oh, that kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, that kid sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. anyway, because, you know, how many times have we been in situations like that where you, know, you come into a place and you do a good job and, and, it's, and you know, you get just, you get lied upon because, you know, of professional jealousy and, right. Uh, it's just how the workplace is sometimes, unfortunately. And as the show shows us, it's not too much different. I mean, this guy <laughs> eats some of the pop right away, right away after that, you know, they show, he goes right up to the kid, tastes the popcorn. He's like, not enough salt. And, uh, <laughs> they show Dominic come up 10 seconds later. He's like, Oh, too much salt. So they clearly have done this before, <laughs> you know, as a, as a, as a, as a duo, yeah, and you know they tell the they tell the kid to go uh, move the car, and uh, you know yeah. he he would know better, right? But then, you know, but but they give him st- they give him shit for wanting a, a shirt because he just asked about a shirt <laughs> with his name on it. You know, it just wasn't like demanding. He was like, "Oh, you want business cards too?" I'm like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" So they give they're giving the kid a hard time. Which, honestly, you should always. It's it's kind of like uh, the unwritten rule of the hazing period. You give the right. new guy some shit, yeah. you know. And I say, as long as it's in a in a good, tasteful way, right? Um, go ahead and do it. <laughs> you know, it's it's fine. Uh, I do that. I, I I've done that plenty of times, and <laughs> you know, I've gotten it done to me plenty of times. So, you know, but yeah, I'm not a little sensitive girl about that, anyways. Um. But it's 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 so funny that uh, I love that they just established or like they gave us a look in the in a work environment place, uh, and at Larusso Auto. Yep. And it's it was fun to see Robbie as a as a worker because obviously I think it's actually might it might it might be helping him in, in no offense, giving him his life Selwyshe some structure. Right. And. Right. <clears throat> You know, he starts getting into it. And, you know, when they show him doing the chores at the dealership, it looks like he was taking it pretty serious. He was like, yep. okay, you know, what else can I He was eager for more, eager to do more. And so they figure out, you know, like, well, obviously they set him up. Um, and, you know, God bless Amanda. She <laughs> uh, she comes in. She puts the hammer down. She tells Dominic, uh, he's like, yeah, you're going to be doing his job for the rest of the day. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that, that was cool because Amanda, she really runs the place. Yeah. Daniel's main, but we know Amanda really is the backbone of that place. Dan- Daniel's the face. And, and hey, let's, let's right. be honest. Some companies, that's what I am for Inspired Creations HOM. I'm the face of the company. <laughs> Charlie Huckle does everything, does everything else on the back. So we, a good company always needs a good face. Believe me. 
Uh, that they do. That they do. <laughs> and they got they got a good one. They both they both got a good one. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, so uh, you know, as as Dominic is doing his chores, um, you know, what we come find out is going to be another prank. He tells he tells the kid like, hey, you know what? Dan really wants these stats every every night by uh, whatever time it was, like six p.m. or something. Right. And uh, well, here, here's 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 another chance. I'll make I'll make it up to you, you know. So <laughs> the uh, they show Robbie, and he shows up Daniel's house to deliver the stats, and they show and he sees Daniel doing uh you know some kata. Yeah. And uh, and they have a little and you know obviously. See the envelope uh, wasn't the stats. It was uh, like some porn magazine. Yeah. And he's like, Daniel's just like, you know, that's on you, my friend. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's, uh, but yeah, then, uh, you know, it ended up, that's uh, maybe the, the start of the uh, whole interaction between Daniel and, and Robbie um, as a sensei and student. Uh, you know, yes. he asked him if he wants to train. He's like, sure, he'll learn a few things. So it was cool to see that the kids taking a. He went in this with one, uh, with one narrow mindset, and as he's doing, uh, as he's working there, and as now he's getting to to know Daniel, um, that narrow vision uh, has expanded greatly, and he's seeing bigger picture stuff. Right. And it's because of the way Daniel lives his life. Um, you know, it's obviously heavily based in, in karate and everything he learned uh, as, a, as, a, as a karate student. Um, and he's direct. He's applied this whole he's applied that to his whole life. And it's clearly showing because his life just exudes, uh, you know, the whole uh, the balance. And, you know, yeah. as we, you know, the ways we figure out later on what his karate is based on. Um it really rubs off Robbie the great uh, in, in a good way, and you know it, it's great to see Robbie kind of expand expand his mind a little bit because you know where he was so narrow minded, he was just doing this to you know piss off uh, piss off Johnny. But it looks like he's really uh, enjoying what he's getting himself into, and um, it's it's a thing because I, I was you know at first I really didn't like Robbie. I'll be honest. Okay. Um, I didn't like the character. Uh, it wasn't until maybe the third time I, I re rewatched the series that I that I figured out. Uh, I'm like, I've seen this kid somewhere before, and I oh. couldn't I couldn't figure it out. And sure enough, he was uh, in the series Fuller House. Uh, oh my god! Played, are you serious? Yeah, and I'm not sure the timelines. I'm I'm pretty sure Fuller House came out first. I'm I'm almost positive it positive it did. Um, but they show Robbie or Robbie's in that the actors in that series, and he plays like a high school. I, I don't want to say bully, but it's pretty much he was uh, like the dance uh competition. He was like the best dancer on this dance team oh my god uh, really? with, like kimmy gibbler's daughter and you know he was like the captain and kimmy kimmy gibbler's daughter was like competition she was the new girl but she was really good at dancing okay and so they had like a they had a little rift <laughs> or whatever but 
but yeah, he played Jim. He, he might as well have been Johnny Lawrence in that in that series because <laughs> he played that type of character. And oh. uh, so I wonder, I wonder if they, you know, if he got, uh, if he did anything else, and if he played so, a similar like bully kind of role. And I'd have to, I'd, I never I haven't checked his IM. I should have checked his IMDb page, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he comes in here and he's Johnny's kid, so that's kind of fitting that you know they picked this guy. Who was you know portrayed you know maybe that's why they got the idea I'm like well it's just this kid you know he's kind of a bully kind of thing and um but um no it was, it's good to see that this kid uh i just watched uh, fuller house i don't know it was a while ago though yeah but i i had, I had to binge that and i'm like oh look, this is robbie and the kid <laughs> and, i must have uh, missed those or i missed those episodes or it didn't equate with me um you probably missed him. Yeah, it was. I mean, he's not a main main character. He's. I think he was in like the latter one of the latter seasons. But um, no, great, uh, great. I, I really like you know see just uh, Robbie as an, an employee, uh, expanding his life and you know again, uh, just uh, how they you know typical workplace environment too, which is pretty fun. Well, uh, Charlie Huckle handed me some notes, and uh, yeah, he said he's made his, uh, his, he said audience may see uh, the actor, uh, what's his name, uh, Tanner Buchanan in Cobra Kai, but uh, many may not remember his first appearance in Fuller House. <laughs> so, heck yeah, man, <laughs> he was in Fuller House, and he played not the so nice guy in that series, so uh, well done, well done, sir. Uh, it says, he also says, Buchanan has also appeared in other well-known shows, including Designated Survivor and The Fosters. Uh, in Designated Survivor, Buchanan portrayed Keo Kirkman in 19 episodes from 2016 to 2018. And in The Fosters, he played Jack Downey in six episodes throughout the 2016 season. So, just more reasons to tune into Cobra Kai in case people have seen those shows, The Fosters and whatever the other one I mentioned. <laughs> the the uh, yeah, whatever, Designated whatever Survivor. <laughs> It's 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 uh it's Cobra Kai's where it's at. Come, time learned special Miyagi family kata. Now you ready? Like all bonsai found in tree, all karate found in this kata. Come, together we do kata. All right, so let's go into our final uh, talking point with kata. Wild card, uh, you can lead us off there. What is your kata moment? Uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, we had a, a little parallel uh, insight on the Johnny-Robbie uh, relationship, father-son relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing, we see that, you know, both Johnny and Robbie uh, really mirror stuff that, uh, you know, they do when they're about the same um I know you had talking. You brought you were talking about it earlier when Robbie was uh, excited. He was talking about you know he wants to take karate class with his mom. Yeah. And his piece of shit dad comes home and really just tears him apart. Um, I mean, again, reminding us that this guy see is such an asshole. So <laughs> great, uh, great character in this one. But just was what uh, uh, you know how Johnny dealt with it. He lost his own little world. You know, he put right. his headphones on. Uh, you can tell Johnny that that meant so much. You know, the Walkman was such uh, <laughs> like one of the first, I guess, in a handheld device or however you want to call it. 
Yeah, it was like, it was uh, like it was our like cell phones the back then. <laughs> of that. Right. And he puts his headphones on to drown out the, the you know, the, the arguing. He doesn't want to hear it. And, and I think, I believe it was last episode when we saw uh, uh, Robbie laying on the couch looking at the Cobra Kai website. Yes. His mom comes home with the, with the you know, the one night stand dude. Yep. And, you know, they go in the bedroom. Obviously, they're going to be loud. So what does Robbie do? He puts his headphones on and dives into the you know to yeah. the laptop or <laughs> tablet good. or whatever. But um, <laughs> and see, this is it's this same shit, different generation. You know that yeah. they they just have a different escape. Um, but it's Johnny and and Robbie. They both have similarities from the childhood. You know, Johnny's uh, didn't really have a dad, or you know, the stepdad was a piece of shit, and. Um, Obviously, that affected Johnny. You know, he found his father figure, you know, through karate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we see Robbie. He doesn't have a father figure because it's Johnny. You know, he wasn't, you know, and he, and he wasn't there. Uh, but we see what version of Johnny that uh, Robbie grew up in. Maybe that was for the good thing. Uh, maybe that was for the better. Uh, because Johnny wasn't, uh, he wasn't the character we see he, he is currently. So, you know, call it irony or whatever uh but maybe you know i i'm i'm always a firm believer things happen for a reason uh i really i really truly believe that and maybe it wasn't in the cards for johnny to be around uh robbie the first whatever 16 years of his life because he wasn't fit to be a father right and now that he's finding some character and and obviously and you know and who's it coming from it's coming from miguel who's a a family (laughs) uh, orientated kid Right. And, you know, he's helping he's helping Johnny learn uh, just about life, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, you know, now, now Johnny's becoming a better person and maybe this is the better time for him to be entering Robbie's life. And God knows Robbie needs it because he's lost his hell right now. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's exactly where Johnny was. So, you know, things happen uh, sometimes really crazy. Things happen for a reason, though. Uh, but I thought it was pretty interesting. This you know, just whole the whole mirror of Johnny and Robbie as kids, and how they're similar. Yeah, I agree, and uh, that's actually a theme I totally overlooked in this episode. But yeah, like you mentioned earlier, it's like it's clear as day um, with the you know the absence of a father figure, uh, their methods of dealing with the drama at their time, and as kids, it was just an escape, um, and you saw how important that is to them. Uh, and you know, kids nowadays they have their own uh, world in their phones, uh, social media, and they use that to drown out whatever it is they might be facing too. So, uh, yeah, great parallels, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, it's not too late, and uh, Johnny can come back and help uh, Robbie uh, be what he would be what he can be. But that actually is a great segue uh, for my kata moment. Um, which is involves Robbie uh, in a big way too. Uh, but my kata moment is Daniel, Daniel LaRusso wanting to sh- wanting to share uh, that which is important to him, and it's his karate. And we you you mentioned it before too how how it, karate helps balance his entire life. It's all aspects of life, which is what we talked about last episode too. Um, and it's such an important part to him. Uh, and we, the first time we see Daniel in this episode, he's training, 
uh, which is a, com- a great continuation from the last episode where we, lo- where we left him because he was setting everything up and he started the, the wheels to turn again. Um, and we see him continuing that drive uh, in this episode. So it, it's obviously had such a profound effect on him and he wants to share it. So when you have something uh, so good and so much positivity, you just want to share that with other people to hopefully make as big an impact or at least some sort of impact um, that they may not even know they have wanted um, or needed. And um, Daniel, uh, a very important part is he offers this wanting to share this uh, positivity or this this significance um, to the people that matter most to him. And he goes first to to Sam and uh, his daughter, which he already had the connection with. They already did this. And she was quick to point out that it was eight years ago. And that was cool or cute and funny because Daniel says, well, you know, it's just time. You know, eight years ago, you, you, you still uh, you clacked me in the face with your round kick and I uh, had to eat soup for a week. He says, what's different now? He says, well, eight years ago, I was eight, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and again, just a, you said before, it was like a typical answer from today's kids. And yeah, that's that's a typical one uh, today as well. Um, and then, of course, he goes uh, after. So Sam declines. It's just not a good time for her right now. Um, so he yeah, goes, Sam's going through her own stuff. Right. Sam's going through her own stuff right, right now. Um, but again, the point, too, is like Daniel wants to share this because it's helped him and maybe it can help others. But again, you can't. And that's what's important, too. You can't force people to do this. But all you can yeah. do is offer, and once they accept, then it's on, you know, <laughs> which is yeah. really... They have to be willing. Yes, they have to be willing. And bad things come happen when you try to force things upon others. Um, and then he goes to his wife, uh, who is another solid piece to his uh, his world now. And uh, <laughs> she declines because she, uh, it's she reminds him that the last time we got on the mat... She looks over to the living room and she sees Antonio playing, playing his games. And uh, so Daniel says, okay, good point. And then he, so he moves on to the next the next person in his family and it's Antonio. And oh my God, that kid. Um, he, he Not only does he decline uh, his father's request to do some karate with him, even though Daniel pretty much opens it up not giving him a choice. By saying, he's like, come on, it's time you learn some karate. You've reached that point in your, in your life now. And he goes, I don't want to do karate. Karate's boring. And Daniel sees the game and says, you're pretty much doing it right there. And they show a stupid glimpse of the game he's playing. Some some Mortal Kombat type game where they're literally doing karate moves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then instead, you know, Antonio orders, I don't even know what's up. Uh, a, he orders some kind of pizza thing. Or pita or something, um, but he calls a PS upon- Vita, which is another um, game. It's like a, a PlayStation Game Boy or something like that. Oh, is that what it is? I thought that's it was what food. Daniel took away from him. Oh, okay. I thought it was food. <laughs> I could tell. So yeah, he orders it from Alexa or whatever, uh-huh. and Daniel says, "Over, no, override that." But it's already been ordered. Uh, the stupid AI. A lot of good that stuff does us. <laughs> um. <laughs> So he goes to his family first, and and they all decline for their own reasons, but they all decline. Um, and then Daniel uh, goes to work, and he actually asks, what, "Was it Antonio or what's his?" Yeah, no, uh, I called him Antonio. You called him something. Else. What was the other worker's name? Not, not his cousin. Anoush. Anoush. Okay, I thought he said Antonio. Maybe I mis- totally misheard that. Uh, but he goes to him and offers a, hey, uh, "Do you want to do some karate?" <laughs> And I love his answers too. Uh, if I can remember them, he goes, 
well, are you asking me as your friend? And he says, yeah, as your friend. And he says, oh, no, I was like, I, I'm, uh, I'm busy. I, I got plans. Uh, and he goes, well, are you asking me as your boss? <laughs> and he goes, okay, now I'm asking you as your boss. And he goes, no, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just very uh, great writing on this show, too. Even though I butchered that delivery, um, so so not his workers either. So Daniel doesn't have anyone to share it with. Um, and then enter Robbie, uh, Robbie coming in, and you already did a great job describing uh, his impact. Um, we learn right away though in the episode that he's going into this job from his other two loser friends because he knows it'll hurt his dad the most. So he goes into it. Uh, he's doing a phenomenal job, right? We already talked about that too. Um, and it does look like he's having, um, a, I don't want to say a good time, but he's, he's dealing with it. He's doing what he, he's doing what needs to be done. And you said it, it's great, a great moment in his life too, because it's giving him structure, um, the job force or the workforce and the little pranks that were pulled upon him was very, um, opening for Robbie too, because up until this point in the, in the series, we're only seeing Robbie as the bully. And he's the one dishing it out. Now we get to see what happens when the tables are, are are greatly turned and he enters the broad ocean that is life or the broad space that is life. And there's other mm-hmm. players out there. There are other con people out there that are much better than you. Um, and he gets taken advantage of twice, you know. <laughs> and he learns mm-hmm. his lessons and it's something we all got to do. We got to learn our lessons. Um, but it's because of that that Robbie gets to meet Daniel on another level and Daniel gets to meet him on another level, not as just a employee, um, but he gets to see what he's made of when they, when he reconciles with him after blowing up on him, after starting a a car in an open showroom crowded with people. Um, And Daniel says, you know, he's like, you're not the only one that's hot tempered. Um, Again, kind of finding um, a mutual level, level playing field with, with this kid. And, um, he saw, he sees that Robbie went on the defensive very quickly and was going to strike him. And he noticed right away that he had his hand totally the wrong way. He had his thumb tucked in. And, and Daniel's like, you're going to break your thumb that way. And he shows him the right way to punch. Um, he allows him to strike. And, uh, and Daniel shakes off his hands. And says, oh, you, you got something in there. Um, hmm. And he, he placates to him. So, And then when he meets him at night, when he delivers the, the, uh, the porn mag, uh, at the end of the day, too, it just it's another another aspect because now you see Robbie. I think genuinely interested because it's the unknown, and he had no father figure, um, still doesn't, but he's seeing things that are piquing his interest. He see how he's seeing how other aspects in life can work, because all he's known was the absent father, um, the mother figure who has now at this point has taken another turn selfishly um, despite her being there from the beginning. But now he's older and now he's got, you know, friends. He's doing cons. Well, he's seeing that life doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And again, it's his choice. So it's his up, up, up cuppance, essentially. And um, Daniel sees the interest, offers to watch him do his kata, which is the foundation of his karate. And Daniel, or I'm sorry, Robbie accepts so Daniel finally finds someone who is wanting to share the renewed um, love of his life, the karate aspect, and uh, Robbie is there to start leading or start learning from that. And you can't help but wonder um, 
is is it is it is it genuine um or 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 not you know is Robbie still playing the con is he that good at being at playing the con or is it a little bit of both and my stupid neutral answer is <laughs> i'm going to say it's a little bit of both i think he knows he has to get inside this place but while he's here i think he's going to try to make the most of it too because he's seeing a whole other um aspect of it and the irony of that is 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 amazing um, but that was my kata moment. Daniel wanted to share um, his love of karate with someone, going to his family first, uh, going to his workers, again, basically his circles of life, and then he finds someone totally outside of his comfort zone or circle of, of influence in a complete stranger with this kid. Um, and Robbie and Daniel, that relationship is just starting uh, with episode six here, and it, we will definitely see more of that. No, it's pretty right on. I, uh, it's, it's good to see Daniel. I mean, likes episode, we saw Daniel was a mess. He had tons of, tons of, you know, tons of shit going on. And he, he went back to karate to kind of sort, you know, calm down his life in peace, you know, and just really, uh, get, get, get his life back in order. And we see that it has from the very start of the episode. Right. Um, he's, 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 he's back to normal. Um, he's, he's more focused and yeah, he, he blew up at the kid, you know, cause he didn't know about his stupid cousin pulled a prank. <laughs> yeah. and, but when he does, he's like, ah, oh, kind you know, I should have figured that, guy, right. you know, so, cause that's his cousin. And, uh, you know, he apologized. Hey, look, you know, my bad. And I overreacted too, but, um, the, uh, it was good to see him, um, Again, it was someone from outside his his usual circle, right? And that it's kind of fitting uh, that it is because uh, now he can totally start from square one, and and maybe that's what he needs as well. He yeah. was like, "Well, good now we now we both can start over and and really uh, you know help both of them out in the process as they start from." step one but yeah, you brought up a good point too because i i sincerely thought um robbie was genuine about this uh but you know, maybe he like you said he maybe it was his uh plan all along to try to you know obviously try to get close but uh his intentions were one thing but now he's finding him out to be a little bit different right uh because he's learning more and you know the intention might have been not so good but uh, it's working out better than he ever thought it could, uh, right. as he's doing this. He's in. <laughs> right. Mr. Miyagi, it's over. It's over. Forget about it. No. Let's just get out of here. I want cannot, to go cannot, home. Cannot, must not. It's okay. Lose to opponent. Must not lose to fear. Yo, yeah, well, I'm afraid. Oi, oi. I'm afraid of him, all right? Oi, oi, oi. You stay focused. Are you best karate still inside? Now time let out. Big setup episode. It plants a lot of seeds um, that'll hopefully have a great payoff. And to those that know better, uh, the payoff is there. <laughs> so rest assured. Um, but more twists and turns. We see the beginning of Cobra Kai uh, as a class because that's really the only sense we've seen it. Uh, from the movies, it was a um, it was a class, right? There was a group of kids, especially in the first one, and then Cobra Kai kind of became, I guess, a, a individual 
um, thing again in Karate Kid Part Three with uh, Mr. Barnes, um, and then in the show it's just it's just Miguel, and now it's Aisha, and now it's returning to its roots again with a class size, which is what really made Cobra Kai Cobra Kai because Johnny Lawrence and his friends in the in the first movie were quite the threat, and they each had their own personalities, and and uh, they're really great to see too. I mean, uh, I love I always like Dutch the. <laughs> <laughs> the most but uh they all had their their moments um in the first movie too so we get to see the beginnings of a new class of cobra kai uh, new friendships again we didn't talk too much about this but um miguel and sam kind of officially meet uh and they they you know sam thanks uh miguel for bringing um her into the the pig dissection <laughs> but uh more importantly the uh standing up for her in the fight with kyler um that no one else uh, no one else did, but he did. So Sam knows uh, there's something there special about him. And Miguel has had a crush on Sam since the first episode that we've seen too. A uh, new identity with Eli, uh, now Hawk, which is just going to take off from there. It's really, really awesome. Um, and more uh, inspiration and, uh, and some uh, wisdom from Mr. Lawrence, uh, pretty much telling us that you can't write a playbook for life. Um, but you can, you can learn to take a hit and you see how it feels that hit and then determine whether or not you have what it takes to get back up. Um, and that's what he's there for, for his new class is like, they've all taken their bumps. They've all taken their hits. They've come to him for help and he's going to hopefully help them get back up and uh, continue on the journey that is life. And hopefully with some new tools to handle everything it has to offer. Uh, so just a good segue, uh, because one of the, the last thing I had was we get to see how the whole relationship between Miguel and Kyler has flipped. Um, <laughs> yeah, they show Eli and uh, and Miguel walking in the hall and, you know, well, <laughs> Eli or we're not uh, Dom or what's his name? Kyler? I just said it. Um, Kyler? No, oh, the, the nerd, the nerd. Dimitri. Kid. Dimitri, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Dimitri quit after Johnny uh, flipped him on his back. So he quits, uh, which is such a you know you can tell he quits just about everything. Yeah. And um, but they show him. Uh, they both end up seeing Kyler in the hallway, and Kyler, he's got a you know he looks like he you know he's he's beat up or whatever. Yep. And but when he sees Miguel, uh. Kyler stops in his tracks and <laughs> he turns the other way. Does a one eighty and he yep. walks the you know, Yeah, so what a transformation! I'm like, uh, that that was really uh, an an unsung uh, moment of that episode because Miguel is the shit right now at school. <laughs> I'm like, you don't want no part. Uh, he wants no part of Miguel. No, and uh, it was just very cool to see that you know because. Kyler's been a piece of shit every up to this moment, <laughs> and it's finally good to see him uh, put a little fear in this kid right. because he's been such an asshole. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, well, and and obviously Miguel's not going to bully him, but you know, which is he, the difference. He won't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great, a uh, great, great point. So Actually, a very cool moment. Uh, but it was a brief scene too. But yes, yeah, it does speak volumes. You're right. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that's uh, that's it. That's all. That's all I got for uh, for this episode. 
Cool. Uh, it was it was a great one. Enough another fun one. Hopefully, hopefully see some payoffs in the next episode, which I hear is arguably your favorite episode, number episode seven coming up next week. Uh, yes, arguably my favorite <laughs> episode of the series. Oof. All right, and we all knew my yeah. episode <laughs> was episode uh, five. Um, and we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll I'll see what episode seven is, and I'll be reminded. Like, oh wait, wait, change my mind. I changed. My- <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i can't wait to talk you haven't about done that before <laughs> um we'll see what happens with episode seven but uh, again wildcard thank you very much for taking time out of your day and discussing some cobra kai with everyone uh we hope this is enough to get you back on it and again if you are watching it with us um let us know what your thoughts are too you can email us at iceboxcast at gmail.com um we'll read your questions and if you send questions specifically about cobra kai we will read them in our discussion. So it'll be part of our conversation. I'm throwing that out there right now. And I have, I, okay. So this is just, uh, I haven't put the prior episode out prior to this one. So I got two episodes back to back. They're going to be coming out uh, for our audience wildcard. But are you hoping when I do that those, those uh, invites will become something of fruition by the time this one comes out? Well, okay. So that makes sense. Cause I'm like, I haven't got no goddamn invites. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot, a lot of stuff has been happening at Inspired Creations HOM. Uh, Huckle's been nonstop sure. getting this stuff done, but uh, I'm trying to get him, hey, we got to get this stuff out timely, man. Um, so, yes, that's probably why you haven't heard anything. So, hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, we'll have seen some uh, invites thrown your way to get some uh, good sushi and some uh, tasty boba tea. So, actually, you know what? Um, I actually did. Oh. It wasn't an invite. This is this was just maybe it was a premonition of things to come because I just had lunch uh, yesterday with a old friend from work. Okay. Um, so uh, me and uh, my friend Jennifer, we went to uh, this uh, full place uh, over here off of uh, Greenfield, but uh, so we had but I we had some uh, what do you call them egg rolls, some freshly uh, uh-huh. egg rolls in okay. in, a, in a bowl a bowl of pho so is bowl pho. of pho is that sushi uh, does that qualify as sushi no okay no. all right all right fair enough <laughs> but it's again it's it's in the it's in the it's in the wheelhouse all right it's in the ballpark <laughs> so maybe that was sign just, of things uh, to come as a start yes exactly all right exactly. all right well we'll get these episodes out so we can get those invites rolling in so the wild card can get his boba tea with some good sushi and we'll take it from there. But until next time, we'll we'll have to wait. And I hope you're enjoying these uh, these episodes. Wildcard, thank you very much again for coming on. Uh, you enjoy the rest of your day. All right, you too. I'll uh, talk to you next week. All right, till next week. And I'm back. All right. That was our conversation. I hope you enjoyed it because we loved watching it. And apparently the next episode is the wild card's favorite of the entire series. And I am not cheating. I am not looking up to see what happens in that episode, but I cannot wait to see what his favorite episode entails, what it all holds. So uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one excited about it. All of you listening to this too are very excited about it too. So the wild card, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate every conversation you're giving it to us. Um, and again, those invitations, let's see if they've been answered by this point. He still wants boba tea and some great sushi. So let's see if he's uh, 
um, was able to get some invites out there and then experience those great things. You heard about the premonition on this episode. Let's see if by the time we record next week to see if those things pay off. All right. Uh, that's my show. I want to say thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to listening to us, even if we're played in the background, which is how I imagine most people listen to my podcast. Um, if you're listening to it for, you know, excellent content and just, you know, wanting to hear great stories, you come to the wrong podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have to kid. No, this pod, this podcast is probably one of the best that I've ever heard in the entire world. And it just happens to be promoted by me. Um, I mean, go, go figure. I don't know, but everything I turn, everything I touch turns to gold, except for the vocabulary in my goddamn mouth. I can't speak. It's because I'm so excited. I love the Inspired Creations Network. Oh my God. All right. You can hear these podcasts and my other one called Comic Complex on SoundCloud first, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and now even Spotify. You can hear them all there. And there's so many different venues. Please, when you see them posted on my social media pages, share them or like them. Is it really that goddamn hard to share them? I ask you yet again. Apparently it is because I see zero activity when I post these things. I can only take so much. And I do appreciate the ones that are shared and liked or retweeted. Thank you so much for that. They're proving to you all that it's not that hard. It is not that hard unless you legit don't like them. In which case I still want to know because I want to know how I can appeal to you or what I got to do to improve. Can't get any better if I don't hear the critics. Do I? No, I can't. There, I've said it. Listen to my podcast. Okay. <laughs> no, listen to my podcast. It's a lot of fun. I try to make you laugh and smile. That's all I really try to do. You can hear them all in those venues. But guess what? If podcasts ain't your thing, then man, I got another avenue for you. Yes, that's right. I'm on YouTube, y'all. My YouTube channel is called Icebox Cast. And there I have three fantastic programs that you get to see me live and in color. Maybe not live, but you get to see me in color. But I got three programs on there called Revelations, and that's me showing off my cool collection of Funko Pops, Legos, Dragon Ball Z, Shazam, Marvel characters, DC characters, comic books, Perler beads every now and then before I had Beating for All, which is my other show, Beating for All, the most highest rated show on my YouTube channel. Um, that's what Charlie Huckle tells me anyway. I gotta believe what Charlie Huckle tells me because he knows these things. Beating for all is me showing my love and appreciation of beading uh, art uh, with perler beads. Perler beads are little plastic beads, little colors that I put together like pretty much things that look like rastered images. What's a rastered image? Great question. Go look it up because I'm not telling you. But the little pixelated artwork of all these different characters and my Halloween ones. Oh God, they, they turn out so wonderful. But I've done so many of them. Super Mario Brothers. I've done Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe ones. Very, very cool and fun stuff. And the cool part is anyone can do it. So I hope I inspire someone out there to try these things and take some of these designs and make them your own. Last program I have on my YouTube channel, Cast, is called Fractured Games. And people, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. Fractured Games is much like the rest of my content, just trying to make you laugh or smile. My Fractured Games is me playing video games. They're not people. They are not tutorials. 
If you want a t tutorial on any of these games, there's plenty of other YouTube things out there, other, other links that you can find to do that. No, with me, you get to see me make a gosh darn idiot out of myself trying to play these games that I once was fantastic at at another age. <laughs> and sometimes it just doesn't pay off. And other times I have the time of my life. But you get to see me have fun playing those games. And if that's your thing, please check it out. That program is called Fractured Games, and it's me playing games, um, experiencing the games, having fun with the games. Remember that? Fun? Well, that's what I try to have. The greatest place to follow me, though, is on Facebook. Um, if you have an account, please check out Inspired Creations, H-O-M, because there I post all my podcast links. I post all of my YouTube channel uh, programs there too and you can get them quick at a glance and then once you reach them subscribe to me on those other avenues i would greatly appreciate it but the bonus is i also go uh, facebook live every now and then uh, i get to interact with you which would be awesome i would love it and i also post all of my artwork yeah because i think of myself as somewhat of an artist and i post artwork that i do for cricket applications so which is pretty much means i do vector art and you can use that vector art to create masks for this covid stuff um, I, you can do the art to, uh, cricket art to do tumblers, uh, decals, hoodies, t-shirts, um, pillowcases, all kinds of fun stuff. And you get to see them there first. Once you're through all that Instagram, Hey, I have pictures on my Instagram account cause that's what Instagram does. Um, two accounts there, icebox cast, which is, I have a lot of fun there. I usually do a lot of my Pokemon go stuff. Um, but I also show pictures of the toys and items that I show off on revelation. So it has a payoff there too. Uh, inspired creations. H O M is my other Instagram account there. I post the pictures of my cricket artwork in digital form, but then I also post the same artwork as they're applied to real life objects. So you can see the uh, end product there too. So follow me there on both of those accounts. I'd appreciate it there too. I'll interact with you anytime I have an interaction. Um, but that's about it. Again, thank you to my loyal supporters. I, uh, I, it means a lot. It really does. And, um, let's grow our following. So continue to do what you're doing, share my stuff. Um, you talk about it and, uh, maybe, maybe my content is just what someone else is looking for to make them smile, to make them happy and to have a good little time and escape. But folks, until next slime, may all your cakes be tasty.